God, you're so good. Turn to Leviticus 26. Give you a minute to get to that. Leviticus 26:12 And it says, "And I will walk among you and be your God, and ye shall be my people." Hallelujah. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. God, we love you so much. We do thank you so much, Lord God, for being so good to us. We thank you for your presence in this house that's been so rich and so prevalent and so helpful. And we're thankful for that today. And I pray that your anointing would fill this place Oh, yet again, Lord God, and that you would help us, help us to hear from you. Help me, Lord God, to get out of your way. Hallelujah. No flesh should glory in your presence today. We want your anointed word to be spoken to our hearts. And I pray that you'd help me to deliver it so clearly today. Anoint every ear that we'd have ears to hear what your spirit would say to the church. Hallelujah. Speak to us now, Lord God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. And God is so good. Hallelujah. I appreciate worshipers worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. It's good to be amidst the people who understand the value of worship, to, to understand that we got a God that's worthy of it. He's worthy of all of our hearts. He's worthy of us not holding back. Hallelujah. The first time I ever read this, uh, this passage of Scripture, I uh, I was at the Flosser's house and uh, and I was sitting with the pastor and we were talking and uh, and I don't remember how it exactly came to pass but I, I remember seeing this scripture highlighted in his Bible and there was a little footnote beside it and that footnote said that this is this is the heart of God this is what God wants and uh, and I began to think think on that and uh, and it's so true. That this is all that God has ever wanted. To, to walk among us. To be our God and us be His people. That's the heart of God. That's that. Mm, hallelujah. That's so good. It harkens back to a time before sin. A time where we read about in the book of Genesis. Uh, where where God, God's walking with Adam in the garden. And there's no sin. Nothing, nothing's, nothing's wrong. And there's just sweet fellowship. And there's nothing that separates that fellowship. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And God's looking forward to a day. And, oh man, He's done some work for that day. But He's looking forward to a day when, when He can have that sweet fellowship again that sin is done and it's paid for. And we can be walking in heaven in glorified bodies with our Lord, our Savior. Hallelujah. Go ahead and grab your Bible once again. Turn to Psalm 8.3. Mm, Psalm 8.3. Psalm 8.3 says, When I consider thy heavens, Hallelujah, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man? that thou art mindful of him. Hallelujah. And the Son of Man, that thou visitest him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. How many glorious spectacles are there to be seen 
in this world. How many wonderful things has God created? Uh, some of us have had the, the opportunity to, to travel and to see all the beautiful or a bunch of beautiful things in creation. Some of us have been in other countries and, and, and seen just how amazing God's handiwork is. We can look into, uh, look into the stars just last night. Um, I was uh, I was up praying with my family and and uh, looked out looked out the deck and just looked up into the sky and saw the the moon shining through the clouds and so beautiful so beautiful there's so many things out there you could see you know I don't know if anybody has ever been to Niagara Falls I've been there once when I was younger and just the power of, of that waterfall and, and and seeing the mist rise up and just so beautiful. Uh, we have all of these things that, that, that are throughout this planet and so many things that we haven't even got to see yet. Uh, so many things that man hasn't even discovered. The, the ocean's so deep we haven't, even, we haven't even scratched the bit of it. What's down there? And God has done all this. God has put it all into place. And yet, that's not what he's careful to, to pay attention to. That's not what he's mindful of. He's mindful of you. People spend their whole lives studying this creation. They'll spend all of their days going over all these facts and figures and what makes up uh, the fabric uh, of the ocean and the, all of the genetics uh, uh, of different animals and creatures that so many vast, so many species that are out there, so many different variations. Um, I, I used to know a guy that uh, was really, really into fish, and he'd know all of these scientific names for all of the different fish that were that that were in this in this gigantic pet store, and and I was just blown away. And yet that that doesn't even scratch the surface of what's out there. Hallelujah. We can spend our whole lives studying all of this, and yet God is interested in us. Hundreds of millions of dollars were spent studying the moon and the stars. And it's interesting. It's interesting. It's interesting looking out there and wondering just how far that goes, how far, how far creation goes. But that's not what's on God's mind tonight. What's on God's mind tonight is you. That's what occupies his mind. Psalm 139, verse 17 says, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. Oh, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. And when I awake, I'm still with thee. God is such a mighty God. He is such a big and awesome God. And yet, what occupies His mind is you. Before your first thought ever formed into your mind... God's thoughts towards you are innumerable. Hallelujah. And to think that those innumerable thoughts, knowing the beginning from the end, they're precious thoughts, they're good thoughts, they're thoughts of peace. That's amazing. It's amazing to me. I know where I've been. And I know what I've done. And I know the disgusting mess that I've been. And God's been thinking good things about me. And God's been working towards an exciting end for me. He's been laboring, hallelujah, to see good things happen in me. His thoughts to you are precious even in spite of the hurt you've caused him. Even in spite of the hurt I've caused him. That's amazing. 
Because we don't serve a God that's, that's just looking, looking to, to serve tit for tat. We're looking, this is a God. Hallelujah. He's so good. He's so good. He's full of grace. And he delights in mercy. You know what grace is? It's unmerited favor. I didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. We didn't, we didn't have to earn it with God. You know what? It's, it's awesome. It's awesome reading the Bible uh, from the perspective of having children because I know my kids haven't been perfect. They're pretty good, and, and they, I appreciate them. Um, I, I love my children so much, but I don't love them just because they've always done everything right. And God doesn't love us just because we've done everything right. You might, you might think, well, you know, well, what hurt? What, how did I hurt God? God's so powerful. God's so big. God's so mighty. How can I hurt God? How many times have you ignored God when He's knocking on your door? Whenever He's trying to reach out to you, whenever He's trying to get your attention, whenever He's trying to pull you to something greater, whenever He's trying to teach you, how many times have you ignored Him? How many times have well, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? Hallelujah. But you know what? That didn't stop him from loving you. That didn't stop him from bearing a cross. He knows the number of hairs that are on your head. Matthew 10:30 says that. In the beginning, after each day of creation, God acknowledged his good work. But it was only after man was made that that work was very good. Isn't that amazing? I tell you what, God is so good to us. He has blessed us so richly. He has supplied truth in this house, and he's not withholding it from us. You know, it says that many are called, but few are chosen. I'm thankful today. I'm thankful to be on a narrow path because I don't deserve that narrow path, church. I've been a horrible, nasty sinner, and God has delivered me. And you know what? Since, since he delivered me, I haven't done everything right, but God's still been good. He's still there knocking on my heart's door. He's still there reaching out to me. He's still there loving me so much, and I appreciate him. Hallelujah. He, he loves us. And He wants what's best for us more than anything else in this world. I appreciate the Lord. I, just, I feel such a press right now. Let's just lift our hands and go before the Lord in prayer one more time. God, we need you right now. I need you to fill this house with your presence, Lord God. I need you to search down deep into our hearts. Break every chain and every wall and every barrier, Lord God. We want you. We want your will. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that you'd speak so powerfully. You've got a purpose and you've got an intention tonight. And I pray, Lord God, that you would have your way. We want to hear your voice, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I haven't made it clear yet, church. Hallelujah. We're talking about God's favorite thing. Hallelujah. God's favorite thing. And if it's not been clear, God Almighty's favorite thing is you. God Almighty's favorite thing is you. It's not the, the mountains that, that we can't even begin to think about how high they are. It's not, the, it's not the depths of space that stretch beyond our ability to imagine. It's not any of that. It's not this glorious creation. And it is glorious. And this creation does speak of Jesus. But it's not that. God Almighty's favorite thing is you. Hallelujah. All that He lived for. All that He died for. All of his teaching, it revolved about around being with you for eternity without end. That's the kind of God we serve. And he's so good. 
He is so good. He deserves our attention. He deserves our affection. Hallelujah. He deserves your praise. Go ahead and clap your hands unto him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a beautiful story in the Bible in Ezekiel. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it would take a long time. It's a lot of verses, but I do want to go through some of it. If you want to turn to Ezekiel 16, go, go ahead and turn to it. Ezekiel 16, verse 6 is where we're going to start. And this is just an absolutely beautiful portrait of how the Lord Jesus loves us so much. I want to encourage you today, if you get time, you want to read about this. It's an emotional passage of Scripture, but it's so good. And it paints such a clear picture of the grace and the mercy and the love of God. Ezekiel 16, 6 says, when I pass by thee, this is a prophet, Ezekiel, speaking, speaking under the anointing of God. And this is God, this is the way God loves us. And when I pass by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, while thou, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so thankful today for life. I'm so thankful for an abundant life. I didn't have that before. Every day was death. I, I, I clad myself in skulls before in chains. And how ironic is that, that I lived in death and that my life was wrapped in chains and bondage. I was under bondage to sin, but Jesus brought life. He came to me when I was in my own filth. He came to me whenever I was all a mess. And he told me to live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Drop down to verse 9. Then I washed thee with water. Do you thank God for baptism? Hallelujah. Yea, I thoroughly washed away the blood from thee. And I anointed thee with oil. Thank God for that presence of God. And I clothed thee also with broided work. And shod thee with badger skin. And I girded thee about with fine linen. And I covered thee with silk. Oh, hallelujah. He goes on to say how he provided the very finest of things. And God does that for his children. He left no room for want. And that's how God wants to bless you. He doesn't want there to be anything left over. That you, he wants to bless you in a way to say... I can't even think about what I want to ask for. I can't even think about what else might be there. I'm so blessed because God has given me everything I could hope for. God provided for me. I'm not wanting. I'm not hurting. I'm abundant and I'm overflowing. Hallelujah. That's the way God wants to bless you. Hallelujah. Jesus is so good. He withheld nothing. He withheld nothing. And he poured his work into loving you. The scripture goes on to say about how he provided silver and, and, and gold and, and met every single need. The very finest of things is what he provided. The very finest of things. Hallelujah. But our carnal nature gets in the way sometimes. No matter how, God's good, how, how good God has been to us. This is something that's a battle. We talked about it a lot this morning. This, this one that the Lord's prophesying about here through, through Ezekiel, down in uh, verse 15, said, But thou didst trust in thine own beauty. God, God did so much. He cleaned this soul up. He, he, he loved this, this, this person, cleaned them up, gave them all of this stuff, and they, and they, they began to get proud about it. Thou, thou didst trust in thine own beauty and played the harlot because of thy renown. Thou poured out fornications. On everyone that passed by, his it was. The same ch- child 
whom so favorably was dealt. Turn from God in pride. We've got to be careful, church. Don't, don't, don't go thinking that you, 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 did, you, you got yourself to the place that you are today. If any good thing has happened to you, you write it down. It's from God. Every good and perfect gift is from above. That's what the Bible says. Don't you dare think that you provided for yourself. It's been God that's made a way. I've heard testimonies uh, of people that were doing well. Doing well and, 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 and loving the Lord. And, and then they turned, they turned their eyes away from that. They, they withheld from God. God put them back a little bit until they, until they realized, oh, it was God that was providing all along. And, and I need to make up for lost time and I need to be faithful to God. Thank God that He does, He does get our attention. He does reach back out to us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. Whenever we mess up, He knows. He knows the end from the beginning, and He knows what we're capable of. He saw, he saw our last day before our first day ever happened. And He still loved us. Hallelujah. And He wants to make a way for you to be saved. He's not interested in making it hard for you. He's not interested in it being difficult. He's interested in seeing you in heaven. And whatever that takes, He's willing to do. He's willing to get your attention. And He's willing to provide for you. And I thank God. I thank God for that. I, I am really glad that I don't got to trust that, that, you know what, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank God for filling me with the Holy Ghost. Thank God that He saw me in my field, pulled me out, put my feet on solid ground, established my goings. But it didn't stop there. God's still walking with me. He's still talking with me every single day. He's still loving me. He's still reaching out to me. He's still preaching to my soul. He's still, hallelujah. He's still perfecting me. I got a lot of perfecting that needs done, church. We all do. We all still, we're a work in progress. Hallelujah. And God knows that. And God's not expecting us to be perfect. You know what the Bible says about a just man? A just man. Not a messed up man. Not a, not, not a, not a, not a failure. But a just man. He falls seven times. And it's not just talking about the number seven. It's, it's talking about a perfect number. He falls Seven times. And he gets back up. He gets back up. So we're not without failure. But I'm going to tell you right now that that failure doesn't, it doesn't go unaffected. That failure affects God. You, you might have thought, oh, he's going to say that failure is going to affect me. Sure, you're going to reap what you sow. You're going to reap what you sow. God's not mocked. Hallelujah. But God's a good God. This, this soul that the, the Bible's talking about, they use the very substance of what God provided to do wickedness. Wickedness. Hallelujah. You know, we're all capable of that. We can, we can look in disdain at this example. and We can look in disgust. But I, I hope today, if you're being honest with yourself, it resonates something deep down inside. That God, I'm capable of this very same atrocity. God's been good to me. And, and you know what? God has been so, so good to me. But I, I've faced temptation and I haven't always done well with it. And I've needed mercy. And I've needed grace again. And I thank God that He's a faithful God that supplies it. The Lord goes on in the Scripture and and, and He goes on and on about the betrayal and the disappointment and, and the hurt that it caused Him. But that's not the end of the story. Because then in verse 60, after you go from 15 is where we left off, but you scroll all the way down to verse 60. This is the beautiful thing about God. 
Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant with thee in the days of thy youth, and I will establish unto thee an everlasting covenant. Even after all that hurt that God endured, He was still willing to forgive and love as He promised. Isn't that awesome, church? God's so good to us. I t- I'm telling you now, I, told, I was talking to Brother Cain earlier. If God promised you something, God's, gonna, God's a faithful God. He's going to come through. He's a faithful, faithful God. We can see throughout this Word, this is only just a, a small handful of examples. Just showing God's deep, passionate, fervent love for His children. That's how much He loves you. You are what's on God's mind all day long. You are what God thinks about. You are what God dreams about. You are what God paid a price for. Hallelujah. So we see what God's favorite thing is. So I want to ask you today, you don't need to answer this out loud, what's your favorite thing? Hallelujah. I sure hope it's Jesus. I sure hope it's Jesus. And if that's not the first thing that came to your mind, you let the Lord deal with your heart. Psalm 51 verse 6 says, Behold... Thou desirest truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Jesus wants His Word. He wants His truth. He wants His Spirit to be inside you. He wants it to be written on the fleshy tablets of your heart. Hallelujah. He wants that so bad that He was willing to come and to die on a cross for us. Sadly, 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 too often we think first, what's in it for me, God? What's in it for me, God? You're asking me to do some things. You're asking me to take up my cross. You're asking me today to live a life of sacrifice. You're asking me to live a life. What's in it for me? God's so good to us. Hallelujah. We see examples in the Word of the Lord all throughout where men, men decided they're going to live for Jesus. You go all the way back in Moses. Moses refused to be called Pharaoh's grandchild. He chose rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God. Why did he do that? Moses, you could have had riches. Moses, you could have had a throne. Why, Moses? Why would you suffer? Why would you go wandering through the wilderness? You're pursued by, by Pharaoh's army. Why, Moses? Because he loved God. Because he loved God. Hallelujah. Because God was his favorite thing. Fast forward a bit, and you see, you see David. Is there not a cause? Whenever he was faced with a giant... He stood his ground. Why'd you do it, David? He didn't have a direct promise that God was going to keep him, did he? He, he, didn't, he didn't know for sure that he was going to make it outside of this battle alive. There's been battles that have been fought by children of God where lives have been lost. He didn't know that he was going to make it through that battle. He was a young man. The armor didn't even fit him right that was supplied for him. There was a cause, though. There was a cause because he loved God. And he said, he wasn't looking for his well-being. He wasn't looking for what he was going to get out of it. Oh, but he just could not stand to hear somebody talk bad about his God. There was a giant out there. And it didn't matter about how big he was, how scary he was. It didn't matter that the whole army 
that was on his side. It didn't matter if they were shaking in their boots, but there was a cause. There was a cause in David that said, I'm not just going to stand by. I might not make it through this, but that's okay because I'm not going to let this man talk about my God. I might not make it through this, but it's not about me today. Do you feel that theme today? It's not about me today, but it's about Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm not going to stand by and let somebody trash talk my God. Doesn't matter what I get out of it. The three Hebrew children didn't have a promise that they were going to make it through that. Everybody around them, as far as the eye could see, was bowing before an idol. They didn't have a promise that they were going to survive the fire. They did have a promise they were going to go through the fire. And it wasn't from God. It was from a heathen, heathen king, a heathen ruler. And he said that, hey, you're going to bow or you're going to go in this furnace. And he got so mad. He got so obsessed with his heathen cause. He turned up that fire even hotter. But you know what? That didn't matter. Those three Hebrew children were focused on one thing, and it wasn't about themselves. And it wasn't about a Hebrew, or it wasn't about a heathen God. (laughs) It was about Jesus. They were excited about God. And they said, you know what? Hey, be, be it what it may. If I die today, I don't care. I'm not going out. I'm not going out bowing a knee. I, I'm going to serve my God. And if I die today, so be it. But hey, maybe, just maybe, maybe God will protect us. Thank God he did. He did in an amazing way. Still to this day, thousands of years later, we're still talking about how God protected them. They came out of that fire. The Bible doesn't talk if they sweated very much. I know there's no smell of smoke. God wants to take care of you. And He loves it whenever you honor Him. Whenever you put Him first. Paul and Silas, they worship God in prison. Guards are beating their backs bloody. The prisons there weren't like the prisons today. It was a horrible thing. It was a horrible, horrible thing. They didn't do it because they, they were required to do it. They did it out of a heart because they loved Jesus. And you know what's amazing about that heart loving Jesus? That same heart, you know what? They could have been bitter against them guards. You know, they, nobody would fault them. I wouldn't fault them. The guard bet, beat them bloody, probably did it for the fun of it. <laughs> I'm sure them guards are mocking. Mocking the whole time. They're, they're, they're loving their Lord. But you know what? They loved Jesus anyway. They still worshipped Him anyway. Almost every single one of the apostles were martyred for preaching the same gospel that we're preaching today. But in the face of death, it wasn't about them. They weren't worried about what they were getting out of it. They weren't worried about fame. They wasn't worried about their reputation. They were worried about Jesus. They were worried about honoring God. They were worried about making sure that people could see, taste and see, just how good God was to them. Because they wanted them to experience that same sweet salvation that they got to taste of. Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and he preached. They just got done crucifying Jesus. He knew what he might be facing. He wasn't worried about that. God just got done filling him with the Holy Ghost. He said, I can't hold this in. I can't hold this in. He's preaching to the ones that crucified him. Can you imagine the boldness that that would take? Can you imagine the conviction that that would take? 
I imagine Peter was like, well, I, I can't hold this in. I'm about to go die. I'm signing up for my death right now. But that's okay. That's okay. Hallelujah. Because I want to go out honoring God. I want to go out serving my Jesus. Hallelujah. God's worthy of it. God's worthy of it. Hallelujah. He's been so good. First Kings chapter 8. Go ahead and turn to it. Verse 58. 1 Kings 8, 58. Here we find a lot going on. Solomon is, is uh, getting ready to, to take the throne. And he goes before the Lord in prayer. Thank God he did. 1 Kings eight fifty eight says that he may incline our hearts unto him. To walk in all his ways. To keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, which he commanded our fathers. You know what, Solomon? He recognized the need to plead to God that his heart would be inclined toward him. An incline, that's a steady increase. He wasn't interested in just, in just serving God at the same rate that he was on that day. I I hope so much that in 10 years from now, I'm more on fire for God than I ever was. I hope that I'm more hungry and more thirsty than I ever was. And I intend to do everything in me to grow and and to get closer to God, to get more of His Word in my heart, to love Him more. I want to be taught. I want to be taught. I want to be teachable. I want to have a a heart that says, God, I don't got it all figured out today, and, and I need to know Your Word more perfectly. And I appreciate that this is the kind of Bible that's alive. His Word is alive. And and we we can live our whole lives. And we won't won't even begin to scratch the surface of what's in this book. If you'll let it, God can teach you. If you'll have a soft heart, teachable spirit, be amazed at what God can do for you. You know what? It's not in our nature. That's why we need to pray every single day. We need to pray every single day. Paul said, I die daily. We were talking this morning about the nature of, of the flesh versus the nature of the spirit. And, and, and we've got to have an understanding that there is a constant battle. There is a constant battle. We need to pray against that. We need to pray against our will. Maybe you don't like what the Bible requires of you. That's okay. Our flesh don't like the things in the Bible. We read it this morning. It's enmity with God. A carnal mind is enmity with God. We, it's not going to come natural to us. There's going to be some sacrifice. There's going to be some things that we have to surrender and say, not my will, Lord Jesus, but thy will be done. It's not about my convictions. Or it's not about my traditions. I'm sorry, my traditions. It's not about the things that, that, that I love as much as it's about the things that you love. I value my life. I want to live to be old. I want to live to see my kids grow up. But I, I value the, the Lord so much more than my life. And I hope that on the day, if it was required of me, I'd, I'd stand for Him. But I know that there's a battle here, and I know that I need to pray against this flesh. That's why we need the Holy Ghost living in us today. Not yesterday. Not ten years ago. Today. We need to stay filled up today. And we need to keep it up to date. 
You need to knock on God's door every single day. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about crucifying our flesh. It's our carnal nature. He's not talking about hurting your body. He's, he's talking about this nature that's, that's contradictory to the Spirit of God, to the things of God. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you today, church. Have a deep conversation with the Lord. Have a deep conversation with the Lord. Break down your thoughts and feelings. Break down. You know what? It'd be all right. Maybe you haven't done this in a while. Maybe you've got a routine. And you go through the routine. And thank God, you know, a good routine is a good thing. That's all right. Uh, maybe maybe you have a, a list of people you're praying for, and thank God for that. Hopefully, ho- hopefully I'm on the list. Hopefully you're praying for me. If not, go ahead and put me on the list, please. But that's okay. Have a list. I pray for people. But it'd be a good idea every now and again to just break down, God, these are some things that are just bothering me. These are some things that I just can't seem to get through. I can't seem to get over. And I want to get over it. And I want to, I want to move forward. It'd be all right for you to just break it down exact. Get real honest. Get real honest with the Lord. Say the things that you don't like to hear your voice say. Maybe you want to step away from, from, from a crowd of people to say these. I'm not saying you need to cry out in the crowd in the midst of everybody and talk about your deepest, darkest secrets. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> but the Bible talks about entering into that closet. Now, I don't mean a literal closet, but if that's the only place you can go to have privacy, by all means, go right on ahead. But you need to take some time and cry out to God. And break it down. Talk to the Lord like He's right there because guess what He is? He's right there. You know what? You ought to tell Jesus every single day that you love Him. Every single day. You... Oh, hallelujah. Because He loves you every single day. If you haven't told Jesus you love Him today, shame on you. Shame on you. But you know what? It's not too late. The day's not over. Hallelujah. Jesus is so good to us. He's an awesome God. And I hope you can see just, just throughout just a little tiny bit that we've covered today, you are God's favorite thing. And it ought to prick your heart if He's not yours. I want so much for God to see my heart and how I love Him. But I know that I, my heart needs adjustment. I, I know that my heart isn't always right. But I, t- I want to tell you today, whenever you really fall in love with Him, whenever you really, really fall in love with Him, His commandments are not grievous. You'll start to recognize as you begin to serve the Lord, yes, He requires things of us that are tough. Yes, it goes against the grain of our flesh. Yes, it's not natural to us. Yes, we have to deny ourselves. Yes. But He's good to us. I said it this morning, and I mean it with every, 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 every grain of my flesh. Hallelujah. I don't regret a single thing that I've done for the Lord. I, I've had to deny myself. I've had to put myself in situations that were uncomfortable. But I'm better for it. And that's what God wants. He wants to make you better. He he's, not, he's not too concerned about making you uncomfortable. If it's going to make you better. Because He loves you and He's got a bigger picture in mind. He's got a bigger and more important thing in mind. We're so small-sighted. 
We're so nearsighted. We look at the things and how they affect us and how we like them or how we don't like them. And God's looking at, how can I get you into heaven? How can I spend eternity with you right by my side? How can I, how can I get you there? How can I clear the path for you? He knows what's going to trip you up and he's trying to get you through it. He's trying to get you through it. Hallelujah. I know that this, is a, this might be difficult for some of us today. And for some of us, this, you, you, might, you might hear this with a little less enthusiasm than others. And that's all right. We're here today. God's working. God's reaching. God's trying to... This is a time to correct course. That's what church is. We come and we get preached to. And just like in the Bible, sometimes our hearts get pricked. Sometimes we just get fortified. And that's great. I I love the times whenever I can come into the house and my faith is just built up. And I just get confirmation of some things God's already been working in my life. Thank God for that. And for some of you today, you're just getting excited because you're recognizing, oh yeah, I know God's my favorite. God's, God, I am God's favorite thing and God's my favorite thing. And that's awesome. And some of you are just getting excited about that and that's all right some of you might be feeling that weight and that's all right too that's all right too let it work let the lord work on you let the lord draw you let the lord deal with your heart because it's for your good hallelujah let's all bow our heads in prayer sister katie if you could come hallelujah sometimes that relationship with the lord is experienced where sometimes it's experienced neglect And that's for us that are filled with the Holy Ghost and us that haven't been. Each and every one of us has a responsibility every day to examine ourselves. And I hope whenever you look in that mirror and you can be honest with yourself, you can have that deep talk with God that I was saying, that that, that conversation that gets real, real honest. I hope you see just how much God loves you. Just how much He cares for you. Just how much He's done for you. How He's not withholding any good thing from you. Say, oh God, I don't want to give up some of these things. Uh, I don't want to let go of some of these things. And God said, i got something so much better for you. I've got something so much better for you. To achieve this salvation, all that we had to do surrender our trashed life into the hands of a loving God. My life was a wrecked church. All I had to do was give it over to God. I was scared and I didn't know what that might mean. And there were some things that meant so much to me and that I held so dear. I didn't know how God was going to take care of me because I didn't know Him yet. But I started to see some things in His Word as He began to deal with my, my sinner heart. I thought maybe, just maybe. I found myself on the ground. I found myself on as low as I can imagine going. Maybe, just maybe, God will be good to me. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, joy that was set before him endured the cross. How can you have joy enduring a cross, Jesus? Because you're his favorite thing. Because he loves you. And all he cares about, no matter how much pain he must endure, is seeing you in heaven someday. That's what Jesus did to be with you. All you got to do is surrender. 
God's a good God. And you know what? If you'll let him, he'll show you that he can be better than you ever dreamed. And living for him can be the best thing. The best thing that ever happened to you. I encourage you to let his words stir your heart. Take it with you throughout the week. Whenever you leave this house, you continue to pray about the things that the Lord dealt with your heart. The Lord's got your number. He knows. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you're up against. And the beautiful thing is he wants to help you. Would you let him? all stand. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for being such a wonderful God. We thank you for being so good that you would show us countless times throughout your word that we, of all things, we are your very favorite thing. Brother, help us daily, Lord God, to deny ourselves and to show our love to you. Lead us and guide us forward, Lord God, and we grow to love you more. Hallelujah. To give you more of what you deserve. Lord, I pray that you keep your hand on your people as we as we dismiss from this place. I pray that you continue to work and stir. Give them strength throughout the week. Help them to be a witness. Pray also, Lord God, that you would continue to keep your hand on the pastor and as he travels home, keep him safe. Bring them home ready, charged up, ready to preach to us. Hallelujah. God, you're an awesome God. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name.